You're listening to the Lifestyle Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Dwyer. And I'm Alex Wojciechowski. We cut through the BS in the health and fitness industry and give you the strategies you need to make real progress when it comes to your health, your body, and fitting all this stuff into your lifestyle. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Lifestyle Nutrition Podcast. As always, I am Alex Wojciechowski. And I'm Nick Dwyer. And today we're going to be talking about um, metabolic restoration and how you can eat more calories to lose more weight um, in episode three. But before we get started, how are you doing, Alex? Doing well, dude. You know, before, I think last time we talked, I was supposed to skydive on, on Saturday. And unfortunately, there was some bad weather. There was potentially bad weather. And so I had to reschedule that for this weekend. So I'm still alive. <laughs> and I'm still doing it, even though, dude, I was so damn nervous on Friday. I was supposed to do it on Friday. And, and my tummy, my stomach was just literally turning the whole morning. I was like, oh my God, like it was just that mix of like nervousness and excitement at the same time. And it just made for a, a rough morning. Yeah. Just don't know what to expect. <laughs> yeah, I, I just envisioned myself looking down at earth not earth in the sense of from outer space, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, earth yeah. in the sense of like the ground. And it's like, I see myself falling and I'm not worried about my parachute not going. Like I'm just, it's just nervousness, you know? Like, cause when I look over the railing, like I said, I got to like look from a distance. And so it's not, heights are not like my favorite thing in history. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I think the beginning too, while you're just like free falling, <laughs> that's, that's gotta be insane. Like that feeling when you first, uh, first step out, but you said that's on Saturday. It's on Saturday. So yeah, we got that coming up. I'm excited for that. Also awesome. did jujitsu this last weekend. So oh yeah, this, that was sick, dude. Like I honestly, that was, uh, I was surprised at how cool that was. I, I've never done anything like that, any like wrestling or any like, you know, any sort of martial arts type thing. And it was just kind of a part of my blog where I've been doing my getting uncomfortable blog, doing new stuff each week. And I was like, I'm going to do jujitsu. That's what the skydiving is about too. Like, and it's, it was really cool. I might actually like continue doing it. Yeah. I've been wanting to, um, that's like the one that comes to mind when I think about like trying a martial art. It just seems really cool. I don't know. There's like a lot that goes into it where it's like, it's not just about like your physical strength. Like you can like learn a lot that's like technique wise that like can set you up to either defend yourself or like whatever against like anyone, even if they're way bigger than you or whatever it is. So I think it's pretty cool. Oh, for sure, dude. It was, it was awesome. You'd love it. You should, you should find a class near you and, and start going to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's one actually down the street that my cousin goes to. So I should talk to him about that i'm gonna pop in my airpods <laughs> because i got somebody using a in a, a vacuum around me so ah, okay gotta make sure <laughs> gotta make sure that i uh <laughs> that i'm not we're not picking up a bunch of vacuuming noise here so i'm gonna switch my airpods but what's going on with you dude what's been going on the last week since we chatted honestly i don't think much has changed i'm uh i know last week i talked about how i was doing that kind of getting into more of like the dopamine detox and fast so that's been pretty fucking hard um i haven't started like a fast where i'm completely like 
out of it all and like not on social media, but I've definitely like been on it less. I catch myself scrolling and I stop. Um, yeah. So I'm just really trying to like get to the spot where I can go like hours and hours without needing to, you know, check my phone, like really check anything or like need to like get that, that dopamine hit. Um, just so I can focus because I've noticed it's it's really hard for me to just sit down for <laughs> for a long time and focus. So that's really like the main thing right now. And um, yeah, I think that's how long all. have you been able to go? How long have you been able to go without social media? Or is, is it just social media? Or is it like, are you doing TV? Are you doing like other stuff? Or like, what do you got going on there? Yeah. So like right now, I kind of have it as, um, I mean, so. For, like, the job I do, I need to be on Facebook. So that's kind of, like, it's a tough spot for me. I'm trying to figure out if I just want to delete it off my phone and only be on, you know, be on it on the computer so I don't get caught scrolling. But um, I also have no TV, um, like, during the week on my own. Like, if it's on the weekend and with my girlfriend or family, I can watch TV or, like, a football game, something like that. But trying not to just sit and watch Netflix by myself. Um, what else do I have on here? So minimal podcasts, which is like, you know, you might not think it's like something that's like, you know, you know, cause I listen to a lot of like educational stuff, but for me, a lot of that stuff like stimulates me and like, you know, blocks me out from like being able to process and think properly. So I'm trying to like cut down on that. Um, junk food is another thing that can spike dopamine and then, um, alcohol too. So trying to bring that to a minimum on the weekends, you know, maybe like five or six drinks max over two or three days. So that's like the, the main part right now. Um, as I get a little bit better with it, I think I'm going to try to do something a little bit more extreme. Um, I've been going to the library like a few days a week where I'll just like leave my phone in the car and I'll just go in there for like two, probably like two hours and just read and, and write. But I'm trying to make that more of a thing where I can just be in there for like four or five hours and (laughs) just like think and, you know, get stuff done. I love it, dude. You're fucking killing it like that. I've honestly, I, once you started talking about that and you sent me that podcast, I started trying to be more aware of that as well. Cause I kind of realized for me that social media scrolling can be just like, it just, I don't even realize I'm pulling out my phone. And then all of a sudden you're, you're like an hour deep and Netflix too. I can watch freaking eight hours of a show with the best of them. And so I've been trying to replace a lot of that stuff with more reading. And cause I, I realized, I actually realized this like three years ago that I, like I seem to apply stuff from reading pretty quickly, which it took me a long time to figure it out. But I was like, God, if I'm applying all these things that I'm reading in books quickly, like it's a pretty easy way for me to get ahead and just for me to get into better headspace. So I've been cranking through a lot more books here the last few weeks since I've started limiting a little bit more of my social media time and, and also just the time I'm mindlessly watching eight hours of Netflix on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing too is like that I've noticed is it makes everything else 
like when you're always getting that like hit, whether it's social media, Netflix, it makes everything else that's not like super stimulating, like really boring. Sometimes I just like, I want to read, but I just can't get myself to do it because it's like not as, you know, it doesn't get me as like, not even like excited. I guess it's just like stimulated. It's, and it's like a huge problem. So <laughs> I'm definitely trying to like adopt that going forward because I know like, you know, being able to get work done can almost like depend on that sometimes for me. So definitely trying to find a better balance with it and uh, just like know when I'm doing stuff like because I need to be doing it or if I'm just doing it just to, you know, distract myself. Shit, dude. Well, I mean, the fact that you're aware of it in the first place is the biggest first step. That's what I always like. I, I, for the longest time, man, like I, I would, I could not sit with myself for more than three seconds and I would have to like pull out of my phone, be listening to music, be listening to a podcast. Like this, this happened for like my whole life. I felt like I needed, always needed something. I needed to be talking to somebody. I needed to be listening to something. I needed to do anything but like look inside. And so that's kind of on the same thing. I, I feel like where it's like, not looking inward, not sitting with yourself. Like you can learn so much about yourself by just meditating or going on a walk without music or a podcast or just literally sitting in your room and just thinking, which sounds so weird. And for the longest time for me, it was so difficult to do. It took me about a year to be able to make a lot of progress with it. Cause I, I wanted to get into meditation for the longest time, but I couldn't sit with myself for more than 30 seconds. And so it was like agonizing to even just try to meditate. But then after pushing through and pushing and pushing and like, just, just sitting there with myself and kind of just making a rule that I wasn't going to listen to music or podcasts on my walk again, and just think and work through problems on those walks, I started to develop so much more self-awareness. And I think that that's, that seems to be what you, you have is a lot of self-awareness with this. And like, it's like, I need to change it, which is the first step. Like if you don't know, you need to change something. You're never gonna, you, <laughs> yeah. if you don't know you're doing something. You're not going to get past it. So it's like, that's pretty cool, dude. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's, you know, what you just said is exactly like what I've noticed with the, just like always like something in the background or, you know, something that's like keeping me occupied. And it's like, you don't really, actually like process thoughts when you're just like there's always something that's like you know you can just kind of like tune into instead of yourself <laughs> oh exactly but good shit dude what do you think we get into the the topic of the day yeah yeah i think so good stuff so today like you said we're going to be getting into just really how to be able to eat more calories and lose more weight and so you might be thinking like that's absolutely crazy talk. And I know right when I started learning about metabolic restoration, building up your metabolism, doing all these things, I thought it was crazy too. I was like, I'm going to gain a lot of weight doing this. I'm going to, you know, like I'm going to be fat, like all of this stuff, like that I was really concerned about going in, which is, you know, a valid concern if you don't know about this and really what metabolic restoration is in the first place is first off, increasing your body's metabolism, building that metabolism back up and overall just trying to get your body into a healthier spot and trying to return your body to homeostasis, which is basically, basically means that your body's in like equilibrium or in balance and it's really functioning optimally. 
And overall, during the course of this time, when we're building up your metabolism, you know, a lot of times you can really make this a, a time where you can focus on getting stronger because that's going to also help build up your metabolism by doing that in the gym. But the main thing is, is we want to decrease that stress on the body. We want to increase the recovery. We want to really focus a lot on stress and recovery coming in. And so a lot of times what this can mean is dialing back training. You see a lot of people, I know, Nick, I'm sure you've seen these people worked with people like these when you were coaching, where they're doing so much in the gym and they're just not recovering from any of it. And that is why the big thing is recovery is, you know, making sure that the the stress on the body is as low as possible and that are, we're able to actually recover it and start to get that body into a healthier spot and closer to that homeostasis. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like, I, I want you guys to know that it's not like, you know, you'll see like people talking about like something, some supplement that you take that boosts your metabolism or like, it's not some like crazy thing that like is like magical it like really what it is, like what Alex just said is like bringing yourself back to homeostasis where your body's functioning properly. It's really not about like this crazy, like hack that gets you, you know, like really quick fat loss. Um, so just kind of touching on that first before we really get into it. But, um, so it is really important because a lot of people, especially people that have been dieting for like a long time, whether it's, they're on and off where they've been in a deficit for a super long time with like minimal calories. Um, those are the people that need it most that need to be able to just get back to, you know, health. And, um, so it allows for, for fat loss without like having to go into, uh, like really low calorie deficits. And, um, it just allows you to create more room for, uh, you know, successful fat loss. Absolutely. Dude. And honestly, like the big thing that I I've realized just through working with, with people is most people need this. Most people need to restore their metabolism. Most people need to build themselves up. And honestly, most people need to be able to create a successful calorie deficit because I would say, Nick, that honestly, probably three quarters of the people that I work with, they're eating way too low of calories. And when they're doing that and when you do that over the course of years and, and even for some people decades, your body just continues to adapt because our body wants to adapt to whatever we're doing. And that means trying to adapt to stress. That means trying to adapt to us eating lower calories than it wants to that just so that it can be able to actually conserve energy and make all those calories last through all of the different things that your body has to run on a daily basis. And so when people do this and they eat low calories, for a long period of time, all of a sudden those low calories become their maintenance calories. And say you're eating 800 calories a day and you want to lose weight. Well, if your 800 calories a day is your new maintenance, then it's going to be pretty tough to, to go down to the three, four, 500 calories that you're going to need to, to eat to be able to actually create a deficit and start to see any sort of results when it comes to weight loss or fat loss. And so this is why it's so, so important to build yourself up. And, and not only is, is this going to just create that successful room, but it's going to make your life a lot more enjoyable because you're going to be able to eat more calories without gaining weight. You're going to just be able to be more consistent when you're eating more calories. I always say that you're going to be a lot more consistent because you got a lot more wiggle room for events, going out, all of that stuff. 
And it's going to make a lot of other things good. It's going to lower your overall stress. It's going to make sleep better, more energy, all of these things that lead to better quality of life and better results. And honestly, to go into to our next thing is just kind of like, how do you know that you need this? Because you're probably asking like, you know, it's good to know what it is. Why is it important for us? But like, why do like, how do I know if I need it? And honestly, like I said before, I'd argue that basically everybody could use a little bit of metabolic restoration in their life. You know, this is the first phase of my program is going through building up your metabolism, getting your body into a healthier spot, because I just firmly believe that that, that is the key to successful fat loss and weight loss is just being able to create that room. And if you're somebody who has been literally dieting for years and years, you've tried everything in the book, you are somebody who probably needs this. If you're somebody who has a ton of stress in your life, be that from life in general, from your kids, your family, your work, whatever it is from, from the gym, like all of these things make you a great candidate for it. If you're, if you're sleeping terrible, if you have low energies through the day, if you always get that afternoon slump, you're somebody who should be restoring your metabolism. If you just don't feel good overall, like you are somebody who should do this. And like we said in the previous one, if you're eating super low calories and nothing is happening for you, then you are definitely somebody who should be focusing on building up your metabolism and getting your body into a healthier spot before you try to lose weight. Yeah, absolutely. If you're that person who's like always in the gym grinding and you know, you feel like you're eating healthy all the time, like you're doing, you feel like you're doing really well and like, you're just absolutely grinding. There's a good chance that, that you're going to need to do this. And um, even if you're just coming off like a successful fat loss phase, this is something that's, you know, important to do too. going in, you know, and setting yourself up, self up for that next one. Um, and just being able to basically get yourself out of that deficit without, you know, feeling like garbage, to be honest. Um, so yeah, if you do have those signs, we're going to talk about how we're, you know, how you should go about it. And First off, you just need to understand that there's always a chance that you can actually gain weight in the beginning of it. A lot of the time, it can just be water weight. Um, sometimes it is fat, though. So you do have to realize that. And then, you know, also pay attention. Like, if you're training and you're building muscle, then you're going to be, yeah, you're going to be building or putting on some weight there, too. So you just have to, like, really understand that before you go into it. You know, the big thing, really like that it comes down to is that recovery. So decreasing stress and um, increasing recovery. So generally like the longer you've been dieting, you know, if you've been repeat, like repeating diets, jumping to different ones, or if you've just been in a deficit for a super long time, it's going to take longer as opposed to someone who's just tried a diet and it didn't work. Um, and they've kind of got out of it. So going on that, the first step for that, going to kind of figure out where you're at uh, currently with your calories. Yeah. And this is, this is like what I like to do with this one, Nick is like, I I'm big on just getting like a five day food recall. So getting, getting you tracking your food for, for five days, you know, making sure that if you eat differently on the weekends than you do the weekends, which I know is something that a lot of people do, that you're including some of those weekend days and just taking the average of those calories 
those that protein, carbs, and fat over the course of that week, and and giving that as a baseline of where you're currently at. And from there, just step two is just to figure out where your maintenance calories should be. And so I'm a big fan of using the Mifflin equation. You can use the Harris-Benedict formula. You can use any online calculator for your total daily energy expenditure, which is going to be what your maintenance calories are. And what these formulas use is like your age, your height, your weight, gender, and how active you are daily to be able to, to give you a number of how many calories that that is should be your maintenance calories based on those things. And, and the big thing there is knowing that that number isn't just God, you know, it isn't just the, the exact number that is your maintenance, knowing that that's just a gauge, right? It could be, could be lower, it could be higher, but it is a good shooting point to start with. And from there, using that to start your reverse diet. So in the assumption that, that somebody is, has a huge gap in between what they're currently eating and the calories they should be, you know, I've seen gaps of, 1500 calories in between that. And that is when you got to start your reverse diet. And so this is where we really focus on, on getting your body healthy, on building up that metabolism, on increasing calories. And so we're going to slowly increase those calories up around towards where that maintenance is that you calculated. And so I like to say about 50 to hundred calories per week, but you can go slower or faster based on your current situation. Like if you're somebody who is just rearing to go and and you're like i want to get there i don't care if i gain weight hell go right up to maintenance that's going to be the quickest way to allow your body to adapt you're gonna probably gain some weight at the start but everything will settle out as your body starts taking to those increasing calories and um also just you know understanding that that if you need to go slow if you need to go slow that's that's perfectly fine as well just don't don't need think that you need to do it a certain way. Just slowly build up as you feel comfortable towards your maintenance calories. But know that the slower you go, the longer it's going to take before you can actually go into weight loss phase again. Yeah, and then like what Alex was saying earlier about the um, about finding your maintenance and just understanding that that is just a it's just like an average. It's kind of a, a guess to be honest, but it should be close to where you're supposed to be. But the important thing is to understand your biofeedback and biofeedback is hunger, craving, sleep, stress, energy, recovery, mood, all those kind of things that you're feeling within your body and noticing. Um, that's where you can kind of tell when you're getting back to, um, you know, getting back to balance in your body. So pay attention to those as you're doing your reverse diet and that's when you can kind of get a more accurate judge of like whether you're ready to, you know, go into a fat loss phase and, you know, whether your metabolism is in a good spot. Um, so like you can just kind of track those on a weekly or daily basis, you know, whether it's one through five or one through 10, but just making sure you're consistent with it and um, you're just doing it as accurate as possible. I think doing it daily tends to be, a good idea, especially in the beginning, as you're getting a feel for it, this way you're, um, you're not just like guessing on how last week went. You're not just like, Oh, I think I was like a five for my mood. No, you're actually like, okay, I know how I feel today. I can, um, I can actually mark that down right now. 
Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Like, I'm huge on doing it daily because I think that first off, if you even just set a reminder in your phone for like, let's say 6 p.m. each night and you just take out your notes app and you have all of these biofeedback measures listed out there, hunger, craving, sleep, stress, energy levels, mood, recovery, and how you're feeling in your training sessions. And you rate those on, let's say a one to 10 basis every day. How long is that going to take you? Like a minute, two minutes, right? And and that's going to get you into a better spot and have you have a lot better grasp of where you're at with all these measures than if you look on Sunday and you're like, well, how did I feel on Monday of last week? Because you're just not going to be able to have a feel. It's honestly, I don't even remember what the hell I <laughs> ate two days ago. Like, I, like, how are you going to remember how you, how high your energy was on like six days ago? And so I'm huge on doing that and just like slowly building those calories up. Once you get around maintenance, once your body's feeling in a good spot, I'm also a fan of holding yourself there for just at least a few weeks, just to make sure that you're in a really good spot going into weight loss. Honestly, the extra little bit is going to be so beneficial for the long-term success. You know, I, I don't think there's anything worse than trying to rush into weight loss, trying to rush into a calorie deficit and the, the odds of you like succeeding or succeeding long-term, they go down a lot. And so don't rush into it. Be patient with this. Like understand, like I said, that the quicker you go with it, like the quicker your body's going to adapt and that it, some people's bodies take a longer time to adapt. Like it's, you may gain some weight at the start of this and don't let that discourage you. Try to focus on different forms of measurement when you're doing a reverse diet. I am a huge, huge advocate of focusing on things such as really focusing on the biofeedback, focusing on those numbers, improvements in your energy, improvements in your sleep, improvements in how you're recovering, how you're feeling each day, focusing on progress pictures. A lot of times when you're doing this, if you're focusing on resistance training and you're focusing on getting stronger in the gym, you're going to see your body change in a beneficial way as you build more muscle because you're having more calories coming in. And so if you're taking progress pictures every few weeks, you're going to see changes within those progress pictures that that scale will not show you. And lastly, taking body measurements, making sure that you're taking those each I always say monthly is what I like to do, but that's going to be another form of measurement that's going to show you're having inches off your, you know, all of these amazing things that you don't see if you're focused just on that scale weight during this reverse diet. Yeah, dude, that's a great point to about, um, you know, if you're strength training, resistance training, you're going to see those changes in the beneficial way. And um, it is important to understand too, that like, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't just like, you know, stuffing your face with food. This is like really like trying to dial in and like figure out what your body actually needs to run properly. This isn't just like, you know, getting calories in just to get calories. Um, and there are some cases where that, that can be important. Like if you're running on 500 calories a day, you're probably better off getting some more calories through some foods that aren't necessarily quality. But yeah, again, it's going to be important to you know, understand what your body's really needing and giving it that. So having like a good ratio of your macronutrients, you know, getting enough protein in, not being too low on fats. And then also like this is a good spot where you can have, you know, a good amount of carbs as long as you're understanding like 
you know, you're not just going to eat a bunch of sugar and see good results, but, you know, getting carbs that will actually, you know, help you and help with the recovery process. That's going to be huge too. Yeah. I mean, I think the last thing we just want to touch on is how long uh, this can generally take. And it's really an individual situation and um, really like it can come down to how quickly you're willing to increase those calories. Um, it's kind of like the opposite of fat loss where it's for fat loss. You want to go slow as you, as slow as you can in most situations. Um, and then, you know, when you're trying to go the other way, you're trying to reverse diet, you're wanna, gonna wanna go a little bit quicker. I'm not saying you have to go like zero to a hundred, but um, if you're in a really bad spot with, you know, stress and low calories, it is pretty important to try to get that up a little bit quicker. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's an individualized approach. It's not, there's no one size fits all in anything that we talk about and that goes for metabolic restoration and doing a reverse diet. Like it's, if somebody is super uncomfortable with increasing calories, it might be a slower process. Like I've had that plenty of times, but you know, know that if you're willing to, to just buy into the increases in calories each week, that you will get to your end goal a lot quicker and you will feel better a lot quicker because that's the goal of this is to get you into a healthier spot to get your body running optimally, to get you feeling better, sleeping better, more energy, everything gets better when you increase your metabolism, when you're eating more calories, it's life is so much better. And so that is what we have today for you though. Like, honestly, Nick, this is another great episode. I'm so, so pumped to be just doing this with you each week. I know we got a few vi- viewers on our, uh, <laughs> on our first one I, I know my parents watched it or so uh, at least we got a few wow. people but <laughs> we'll see we'll see uh hopefully hopefully we get some more viewers here going forward but um this has been awesome dude I, you know i it's so great to to be able to talk about these topics with you and um i know next week we got a great topic come for the people it's all about sleep and so look forward to a topic on sleep next week It's been great as always, Nick. Thank you all for joining us on episode three of the Lifestyle Nutrition Podcast. I have been Alex. And I'm Nick.